0: Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's pensions in ten. Um, we get our teeth stuck into some pensions policy and what it might mean for trustees, and also Simon gives his views on CDC. Enjoy it.
1: Dave is our head of policy. You've been intrigued with some of the policy stories in the press this week. Do you want to run us through a couple?
0: Yeah, I mean we do sometimes talk about quite big picture stuff on these uh, on these videos, and we're going to do that a little bit again now and i think it's quite interesting what's been playing out sort of publicly um in the follow-up to what happened a few months ago with imagine House speech you know i know we talked about that in our very first video about all the things that were coming coming through and those things are going to start coming home to roost soon when we have the uh the autumn statement uh, and the king's speech obviously as well coming up next week and that will bring us some insights but we've seen some politics in you know happening in in real life with laura trott um had an interview with Pensions Age, and Sophie Smith at Pensions Age gave that interview. A really interesting interviews, loads of topics covered um, about what Laura has been looking at since she's had the role for a year as pensions minister. So just quickly to tick off a couple of those things first before we get to the meetup. Of- what I really want to get excited about. Um, so auto enrolment, um, she notes that the, the, the auto enrollment bill has become an act, and so they can introduce that soon. So she's keen to get that introduced. But she also trails um, the fact that they're going to look at contribution rates. So adequacy of auto enrollment is always the big the big issue that people are most concerned about. And so she's promising um, some further thoughts on that soon. So that's notable, something to look out for. Um, for those of you who are interested in, in auto enrollment and what that means. Um, And she also talks about um, an angle of the the Mansion House speech that hasn't had a great deal of coverage, and that's the decumulation pathways. So for defined contribution schemes, how you help members um, approach retirement and make the right decision, either to go to annuity or drawdown or possibly CDC, depending on on how that that progresses. Um, So she's promising some, some progress on that. And also the small pots um, solution. So we've got you know, 12 million small parts of people who have been disconnected. So she's pr- promising more on that. And that's all very interesting. And I think that's something we definitely need to be keeping um, an eye on. The very interesting bit came in the, in, the, in the final story for me was around the funding code. Um, and so she was talking about how her role is to protect the best interests of the savers or the members of the pension schemes. And I think that's important. It's something we've been saying quite a lot since the Imagine House speech was emphasising the use of productive finance and keeping schemes open and taking a little bit more risk, perhaps, in the investment portfolio. And I think it's important that Laura is taking that stance, He's sort of acknowledging, OK, we have Treasury, the economists over there. They need, they've got their goals and, and what they need, what they think they need for the government. She has her role over here, which is to protect the savers protect those people that have pensions. And I think that's a really important thing to see happening in real life. Uh, you know, sort of what, pol- what those conversations might be happening behind the scenes, but for her to say that publicly, I thought was really, really interesting. Um, and I know you're champing the bit to come in, Simon, but I will just also comment on uh, Nausicaa um speech. So from the regulator, she's been speaking this week as well about the Mansion House and in particular around investments and how they won't be looking to um, mandate how um, schemes invest. Now, I think that's really important. I think, again, we would support that. We don't think people should be coming along and telling schemes how to invest. But there's definitely a challenge here for trustees. And I think this is where I wanted to sort of why I want to talk about this, is because, you know, we're talking about big picture stuff. But the regulator is saying, you know, if you're not thinking about how to invest in this way, you know, productive finance, if you're not acknowledging it, if you don't have the skills or you have a prejudice against it or something like that, that is not going to wash with a regulator. They're not going to be very happy if you just cast this aside as not being right for you. If you're not demonstrating you have that professionalism to think about it then um their view is and if that means because you're a small scheme, then if you're too small, then you should be looking to consolidate sooner rather than later. So there's a real challenge being laid down. I do, and I do but I do see this as being a bit of we've had a quite a you know a tidal wave of stuff from Jeremy Hunt and Treasury coming through over the summer. And we've got this sort of two people now trots and um and the regulators in a way kind of holding it back and maybe giving it a slight sense of a reality check. So it might be interesting to see how that how that plays
1: out will be interesting to see who wins when it's treasury versus dwp i know who i would put my money on mm. uh, and it'd be the people that hold the purse strings so it is i, I agree with you david it's really interesting seeing this i also think it's interesting as well where the regulator says is, they're not going to tell trustees how to invest yet they very clearly have a view and they will influence mm. uh if you're going to the regulator for a meeting to talk about your investment strategy and the regulator goes, well, we, we wouldn't do that or we wouldn't do it that way or we don't really like that. If you don't change, you're going to have problems. So it's already worth saying they're not going to influence how or, or, or tell trustees how to invest, but they will influence it and they will influence it, influence it quite heavily.
0: Mm. I also think it's interesting. I mean, yes, I agree. And I think having a risk-based regulator, I think you'd expect that there has to be some kind of challenge i don't i don't have necessarily a problem with that you know if you're investing then you'll be investing with a view to your covenant strength your strategy your time horizon for this pension scheme and it just reminded me of a story that was out this week as well around the mp's pension scheme there was some criticism that they were investing in in global equities and not investing in in the uk equities and Okay, that's, that's interesting and notable. Okay, fine. What I thought when I looked at the um, strategy of the MP's pension scheme was more interesting they had a very high allocation to alternatives, some I mean, illiquids, some property in there, some interesting investments in there, and there was about 25% allocation, which when you look at it and you think, okay, well, they're sponsored by the government, they have a pretty long time horizon, still open to new members and future accrual and everything. Well, okay, that's fair enough. And I think that's the area that we need to be talking about this sort of stuff. Maybe that was good. Maybe the treasury will spot that and be okay. The schemes that have a long time horizon that are open, then maybe that is the right thing to do. And it's very much horses for courses. And I think as long as that becomes the bedrock of the debate, I think no one has a problem with productive finance and the opportunity that that might bring fantastic, but it has to be right, the scheme circumstances. Okay, so I'm in CDC, and I've mentioned it in the previous um, story, but it never seems to be too far from the pensions press. Um, and I know you've got some views on it. What have you spotted this week?
1: Well, there's been a story, another story on CDC, saying that government proposals have met with a mixed response. I understand that. Uh, my bugbear with CDC, and until someone can actually satisfy me on this, it will always be a bugbear, is intergenerational unfairness. And I know I said last week that it's like, what CDC are we talking about? But the the sort of generally accepted CDC that's in in, in the press now, there's a real concern that I have, and indeed many others have in the industry, that those entering the workforce now, or those lower paid workers, will effectively be subsidising the pensions of those better off uh, on higher salaries with with greater um, uh, skin in the game, and that really doesn't sit well with me. Those entering the workforce now should not be in a worse position than someone's been in the workforce for as long as I have or you have, Dave. Mm-hmm. That that just isn't fair. And there there are far too many intergenerational unfairnesses, not just within pensions, outside of that as well. Uh, and this is just another one. If we're trying to encourage people to save. I think that's generally what the industry and government is trying to do, then we need to make it attractive for people to save rather than make it, it sort of uh, a punishment um, that they'll lose out further down the track. So as I say, it depends what type of CDC we're talking about. We can have infinite conversations about that. Uh, I'd rather we didn't, but we could. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anybody should be at risk of getting a worse outcome uh, as a result of joining a pension scheme with someone that's already in it.
0: Okay, Simon, so I think you've been going
1: through the keyhole. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Not me personally, but uh, Peter Tomkins, uh, pensions actuary, uh, formerly of LCP and PwC, has gone viral on TikTok uh, I don't have TikTok. I've not seen it. Uh, confession from me there. Uh, I don't think we're going to go viral on TikTok anytime soon, Dave. Um, but gone viral on TikTok for showing people around his St Pancras flat. Uh, apparently he's had approaching five million views in five days, which he says is on a different scale from LinkedIn. Uh, we've not had five million views on in five days for our our pensions in ten, have we? But uh, it reminds me, I, I went to MC Hammer's house once. Uh, but it's quite disappointing. He wouldn't let me touch anything.
0: OK, so that's it for this week's Pensions in 10. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you for all the feedback we're getting. We really do appreciate it. Don't be, Simon.
1: We certainly do, Dave. It's wonderful when people get in touch and, and, say, and say nice things, uh, which thankfully we, we have only had <laughs> nice things so far. Um, as is um, Halloween, this, this being released on Tuesday, which is Halloween, I thought I'd just leave everybody with one final bonus joke skeleton walks into a bar goes to the barman and said i'll have two pints and a mop you lucky people dreadful finisher (laughs) thanks everyone thank you